The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymoor, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. The Ave Maria Hour begins the story of Blessed Martin de Porres. Over 300 years ago, I lived in that other America, the one which lies to the south. I was born in the royal city of Lima in Peru, the son of Don Juan de Porre and Ana Velasque. My father was a proud Spanish nobleman, and my mother, my mother was a Negro. I, too, was black, and when I was only a little boy... I learned that the color of one's skin matters a great deal. I knew that my father had rejected my sister and me because we were not like him. And for this reason, he abandoned my mother, who loved him deeply. I believe that my mother hated us because of it. She was often angry. Martin? Yes, Mother? Do you think I can trust you to go to the market and buy something for dinner? I, I think you can, Mother. You had best be sure. You remember what happened last time I sent you to buy food? You do remember? I remembered very well. The week before, she had given me a silver coin with which to buy bread. But I had seen a beggar hungrier than we were at home. And, well, I came back without the coin or the bread. My body still ached from the whipping she gave me. Yes, I... I, I do remember, Mother. And I'll try not to give away any more money. But it's so hard to see people who are hungry who need help. If they're hungry, let them work for a living. Here's some coins. I want some bread and some rice and don't let anyone teach you. I know. I'll run, Mother. I'll run all the way. I had nothing to eat for three days. Um... I remember now how he looked, crouched there by the church of Santo Domingo in the plaza, a ragged sack over his shoulders, wrinkled and old and 
held out his claw-like hands to me, and I couldn't help myself. I disobeyed my mother once more. I gave the beggar the coins I held in my hand. And hardly hearing the old man's thanks, I ran quickly into the church to tell God what I had done and to ask him what was right and what was wrong. Dear Lord, my mother will beat me and she will be right. For we are poor and she worked hard for the money I gave away. But dear Lord, I can't bear the sufferings of those who are sick and hungry. I cannot keep for myself what they need more than I. I want to help them. Teach me what to do. Dear Lord, help me be brave when I tell my mother. Amen. When I was a little older, my father came and took my sister Warner and me away to Ecuador. I think God must have made him sorry that he had neglected us for he sent us to our uncle's home in Guaquil, where we were to be taught to read and write. Such things were for the wealthy, not for us. We felt that something very wonderful had happened to us. Two years I stayed there, and I worked hard to learn my lessons. One day, my father came to see me. Uh, Juana will stay with her uncle, Martin, but you must go back to Lima and learn a trade. Now, what would you like to be, my boy? Father, I think I'd like to learn how to make sick people well. Oh, you'd like to be a doctor, eh? Very well, then, lad. I know the very man who'll teach you. Oh, thank you, Father. Yes, uh, Dr. De Rivera, a barber surgeon. That's the man. Ah, Martin, it's a pity that you're black. You're a clever boy. You learn quickly. But as it is... Your color will keep you from holding any important office. I was black, yes. But why did the color of one's skin matter so much? I knew that God gave each of us a soul that could never die, whether it was housed in a black body or a white one. And all that would matter in heaven would be how well each of us had done his duty here on earth. How faithfully we had loved God and done his will. And what was his will? Wasn't it to love one another? I wanted to love everyone and to help everyone. That was why I could help others. One day, when I was nearly 15, outside the shop where I was... Is someone hurt? An Indian. He was nice to me back. Then why doesn't someone help him? The man's bleeding to death. He's only an Indian. He's a human being and he's suffering even as you would suffer. I think someone went to get Dr. Rivero. He's not there, so... Well, help me bring the man into the shop. But I said Dr. Rivero... I'm his apprentice. I'll take care of the man. The man was only an Indian. Why did people think the importance of a man's life depended on his station or his color? The man was dying when he could be saved. Put the man on the couch here. I'll bring some water. This is ridiculous. Who is this little Negro? I, I know him. He's Martin DePoris. Oh. I hear he's already something of a doctor. That is hardly more than a boy. Oh, my poor man. I'll see what I can do for him. You're going to be all right. Bleeding will stop soon. You see, the wound is clean now. The boy is wonderful. I don't think the doctor himself could have done better. When I sprinkle this powder on the wound, I think it'll be all right. Then I'll bandage it. The bleeding stopped. 
As though by magic. There. You've lost a lot of blood. Just rest and be quiet. Tomorrow I'll put a fresh bandage on the wound. Yes, even in my youth, I could help others. I could serve God. But I wanted to be still closer to him. I decided there was but one thing I could do with my life. That was when I went to the Dominican I want to come and live here at the monastery, Father Francis. I'll do anything you ask of me. Only let me stay. And are you asking to become a lay brother, my boy? No, Father. Oh, no. I, I want to live in the monastery and work there. I'll sweep the halls and take care of the garden. I'll work hard and do the very best I can. Well, we've heard of you here at the convent, Martin. Your work with the sick and of your kindness and pity toward outcasts. We welcome you here, but you understand that you'll be hardly more than a servant. That's what I want to be, a servant to God. I want to be close to him and to help any soul which gives itself to him. I was just 15 when I entered the monastery. Everyone there was pledged to God's service, and I was happy to be among them. I worked in the garden where I tended the vegetables and grew the herbs I used for healing the sick. I was barber to the priests and brothers. I swept and cleaned the halls until they shone. Yes, I was happy there. A short distance away, the bells of the Franciscan convent joined those ringing in the Dominican tower. As I listened, the whole world seemed to be filled with the voice of the bronze-throated bells calling to worship the servants of our Lord. My first thought on waking was always... Dear Mother of our Lord, let me be useful this day. Holy Father Dominic, help me in my work. St. Joseph, pray for all of us in this monastery and keep us from harm. Amen. I pray that God would make me useful, and sometimes I was a little. One day I went to the cell of Father Peter. Oh, in heaven's name, leave me alone. I don't want anything but to be left alone with my pain. But, Father, I brought you something. Well, then take it away, Martin. I don't want anything. Do you understand? It's a nice fresh salad, Father, with capers. Won't you even look at it? Huh? A salad? Did did you say you brought me a yes, salad? Yes, Father Peter. I made it for you myself. Could you... That is... Wouldn't you like to try it? Open the shutters, boy. Yes, Father. Now, let me see that salad. Why, how did you guess that that's what I'd been wanting all day? Why, I, I offered a little prayer that I would please you. That's all. Is it good, Father? Why, it's the best I ever ate. But how could you have known? I, I don't think I know how, but I'm glad you like it. Now, please let me dress your leg while you're eating, Father. Why, all right, Martin. Perhaps it will relieve the pain a little. Go right ahead. I'll bathe it for you. That'll help. No. Well, I'll be as gentle as I can. Yes, I, I know you will be, Martin. You're always gentle, and I... Well, I hope you'll forgive me for being so out of patience with you. It was a pain, Father. I know that, and it doesn't matter. No. no. Poor Father Peter. Yes. Yes, poor Father Peter. You know the time to lose this leg, Martin. Maybe, maybe something can be done. No, no, my boy, I'm afraid not. No, it will be amputated tomorrow. But, Father, God is so wonderful. 
He can do such wonderful things when people have faith in him. I thought of Father Peter after I left his cell. What a terrible thing. How could he ever go about his priestly duties? How could he say holy mass? I was in the kitchen sweeping the floor when I heard someone call. Martin! Martin! What? Why, Father Peter, you're you're walking. Oh, Martin, Martin, I'm cured. Just after you went away, the pain and swelling left my leg. Oh, my son, you did it. You've made me well again. Oh, no, no, Father. I didn't do anything but wash your leg in plain water. Plain water? Why, there must have been more to it than that. Plain water and a clean bandage. Anyone could have done the same thing for you, Father Peter. Well, then, how is it I'm cured so suddenly? When for months this leg's been so badly infected. Why, Martin, look at it now. Do you still say you had nothing to do with it? No, Father. It's true I did nothing. Only God could have cured you so quickly. I think he must love you very much, Father Peter. Of course, only God could have cured Father Peter. It was foolish of him to think I had anything to do with it. The fathers began to believe that I had some supernatural power, that I could work miracles with the sick and injured. I had only offered prayers for Father Peter. That was all. I had served God in the monastery for nine years, and in that time I had grown to young manhood. In all those years, I had known only kindness and love. The fathers and brothers had all been so good to me, to me, a Negro. There was nothing I wouldn't have done to repay them. One day as I was working in the garden, I looked up from my hoeing and saw the father prior go out the gate and turn in the direction of the market. He was carrying something, and I ran after him. Why, oh, it's Martin. <coughs> what is it, boy? Oh, father... Where are you going with our beautiful pictures? Uh, my son, I'm going to sell them. I was afraid you would say that. Yes, Martin, I must. Things have been going from bad to worse. You know the monastery is in debt. And the sale of these pictures will help. Oh, oh no, Father. I have a better idea. Friar rested the heavy frames against the post and turned to me. The sun lighted the rich gold frame. But it also revealed the tired and worried lines in the old priest's face as he asked. Well, now, what is it, my son? Sell me instead, Father. What? Sell you? Yes, Father. As a slave, for nine years I have lived here at the Santa Domingo, and you have given me my food and clothes and shelter. Now I want to do something to help you. My son, who told you to do this? Why, no one, Father. I've been praying that you'd be able to get money to pay the debt, but since you haven't, I'm pretty sure you can find someone who will give a good price for me. I'm strong and healthy. I'd bring a good price. I'm sure I would. You need the money. Martin, listen to me. There are some things that money can't buy. One of those is a faithful heart. We'll never be so poor that we would want you to leave us, my boy. Now go home, Martin, and don't worry. God will look out for us somehow. I obeyed the father prior, but my heart was still troubled. Perhaps he didn't realize how anxious the rich people of Lima were for strong, healthy Negro slaves. I didn't understand why. 
Then one day he sent for me. So you see, Martin, you are not to be a servant here anymore. You are to become a brother. Oh, no, Father. Why do you say that, my son? I, I'm not worthy. I want only to be useful, to work in the garden and in the kitchen as I always have. Oh, what an impossible man you are, Martin. Why, you should have been a lay brother long ago. We don't easily forget the things you've done for us here. But, but I have done nothing. Nothing. You haven't cared for us when we were ill, made us well when we've been dying. Your heart doesn't go out to all those who need comfort, either humans or animals. Martin, you will be a lay brother, and if you will not consent, then I shall have to order you under obedience. But, Father, I am only a black man. I have only done what I can to be of service. Martin, God put all people here on earth, some black, some white, some yellow. He lives in us all as long as we welcome him. He needs each of us to carry on his work. God loves you, and he lives in your heart just as well as in mine. I was to be a lay brother and the first order of St. Dominic. I was to make a solemn promise before everyone in the convent that God had chosen me as his friend. I felt unworthy of such an honor, but the prior had spoken, and I had to obey but God giveth grace to the humble, and to God belong the credit for anything I had done. To me belong the blame for not having done more. I went on with my duties as before. I couldn't give them up. I couldn't be idle, and I offered my work to God. One day, Juan Messias, a lay brother like myself, stood at the gates of the monastery with me. We had just served our last food to the poor who had come to our gate. Ah. <sighs> There, Martin. That's the last of the food. You seem lost in thought. What is it, Martin? Huh? Oh, yes. I have been thinking. What? Yes? How many people live here at the convent? Well, I'm over a hundred priests and brothers, Martin. Unless you count the few orphan children you brought here to live. That's what I wanted to hear you say. We can keep a few children here, but not many. And what about all the others? I don't know. What makes you ask? My heart, I guess. There are too many homeless children here in Lima. Too many unwanted foundlings with no one to care for them. Well, there are convents like ours who might take in a few. Too few, I'm afraid. And I know too well what it is to have an unhappy childhood. You know what happens to these children as well as I. Yes. Some of them die of hardship. Others fall prey to all sorts of evil. You're right, Martin. Someone should take care of these poor orphans, but what can we do? What could we do? Almighty God provided me with the answer. I prayed for light, and heaven showed me the way to rescue those little ones. I appealed to the rich people of Lima, and I found so many champions to the cause that soon my dream was realized. It wasn't long before the orphanage and school of the Holy Cross was founded. The outcast children of Lima had a home. The years at Santo Domingo seemed to fly. 
I had lived at the convent for 45 happy years. Many of my friends had gone to heaven for their long rest. I longed now to join them. One day as I was working in the kitchen, Father Cyprian came to me. Brother Martin, I have a surprise for you. A surprise, Father? Yes. You're going to Mexico. With his grace, the Archbishop. To Mexico? But why should I go there? Why, you know as well as I do. The Archbishop wants you to be with him. Since you saved his life, why... No, Father. His grace would have recovered without my help. Those cures are only the work of God in answer to my simple prayers. Now, where would we all be if it were not for you, Martin? Right here at Santo Domingo, Father. (laughs) What can anyone do with a man like you? Why, Martin, I... My brother Martin, you're ill. Why didn't you tell me? I'm all right. It was only a little pain. It's only natural for an old man to feel his age now and then. Sixty years isn't old. You've been working too hard. You go and lie down, Brother Martin. Yes, perhaps I will as soon as I finish my work. And you think about Mexico. You can give me your answer after you've rested. No, Father. I can give you my answer now. I'll never leave Santo Domingo. I think that within a very few days, I shall be dead. Father Cyprian didn't believe me. No one did. But I knew that it was true. In four days' time, I lay on my deathbed with the little community gathered about me. As I lay there waiting for my first glimpse of paradise, I heard for the last time the familiar words of the cradle, and my heart rejoiced. Listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website 
at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.